Thank you, Lord. Ah. Thank you. Father God, as we usher in your presence, Lord, and you deposit in us the truths that we should live by, may our hearts be sensitive and receptive to you, and we walk out of here changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and have a, have a seat. Um, thank you. So um, about uh, two months ago, I, um, I preached on the first Wednesday, and Pastor John, I'm going to pick on you a little bit, Pastor John, he introduced me as the, the man with the golden pants. And um, so I purposely wore these pants today to uh, assure you, if you weren't here and you listened on a podcast, these aren't golden pants. No, these are a, a, a soft hue of yellow, a, a sun-kissed yellow, if you will. So if you are on a podcast, again, it, those who are listening on a podcast, I assure you, I'm not up here dressed like MC Hammer. And all those who are in agreement with me say, amen. Uh, so y'all ain't going to say amen? Okay. So if you listen on a podcast and you're not here, I assure you, don't, don't pay attention to the lack of amens. Me, I'm not dressed like MC Hammer, I promise you. Speaking of MC Hammer, um, one of the greatest musical artists uh, created, I, in my opinion, one of the greatest songs of all time. And it's um, Too Legit to Quit by MC Hammer. No, y'all know the song? Sweat all over my chest. I don't press. I just went. So y'all know it? So it's just me. So it's just, I just know it, huh? Okay. So you got to forgive me because at the height of that song, uh, popular, popularity, I was about five or six. And to me, it was the greatest. I mean, I loved MC Hammer. He just had the swagger, the haircut. I, didn't re I wasn't really fond of the pants too much, but the dancing, and he just was super cool to me. It was like Michael Jackson, then like right under him was MC Hammer. And um, I was, a couple days ago, I was watching the video of Too Legit to Quit. And um, I was just so embarrassed that I liked it. <laughs> I, I was like, this is terrible. It was the quintessential 90s music video. It, first of all, it was 15 minutes long. So it was, at the time, one of the highest uh, grossing, or they spent the most money on making that video. Um, if you have 15 minutes to kill, go ahead and look it up on YouTube. And it's just, it was the quintessential 90s. It had uh, Jim Bellucci and Queen Latifah and um, Danny Glover and the, the guy from Who, Who's the Boss? Uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson? Tony Danson. There you go. There you go. They had all those folks, and, and it was just bad visual, visual effects. And I was just watching it, and I was just so embarrassed. But I was five or six, so I gave myself some slack. Um, why did I bring up Missy Hammer again? I don't know. Oh, uh, so if I had to title this devotion today, I'm going to steal from Missy Hammer, my favorite artist, one of my favorite artists, and title it Too Legit to Quit. Too Legitimate of a Child of God to Quit. 
so most of us, um, we know that we have to wait patiently. We know that we have to endure patiently. We know that um, we understand that we have to be patient and allow things to come to its full maturity in order to maximize its potential. Um, a baby carried to full term is less likely to experience uh, tra trauma if it is than uh, someone who is premature. We understand that we need to wait patiently, we need to endure patiently. However, in the thick of it, as we are waiting, we faint. And if we peel back the layers, we faint because of one thing, and that's fear. Pastor John talked about yesterday, talked yesterday about fear controlling what we do and hindering us from obeying God. But fear also, as we're waiting, fear allows us to come into question, why are we waiting in this particular moment? We, we ask ourselves, will this season ever end? Is it permanent? We ask ourselves, what's the purpose of this season? Does, does Jesus love me? Does he hear me? Am I hearing God? Is this a response to something I've done wrong? I'm here to tell you that you are a legitimate child of God. Consummated by the blood of Jesus. You are a son and a daughter. You can and you will wait and endure patiently. You've entered a relationship of sonship or daughtership. And as a legitimate child of God, hold your head high and endure. You're too legit to quit. I think it's no coincidence that when we look at the book of James, the brother of Jesus, he teaches us this truth of being too legit to quit. He, see, James has the same blood coursing through his veins as Jesus, and he reminds us of that truth as well. He even tells, he calls his brothers to remind us, just because you're a child of God does not mean you will get things instantaneously. Sometimes you must wait. There's a purpose to our waiting. Let's, um, let's read in James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read the NLT translation. Again, it's James 5. I'll give you some time to get there. Verses 7 through 11, NLT. James what? Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Jump down to verse 10. For example, a patient of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters. So again, he's reminding us of who we are. Look at the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord. Verse 11, we give great honor to those who endure under the suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him in the end. And the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Patience our patient endurance bring us to a place where we realize we are a legitimate child of God. As child of God, we are entrusted with so much. We are given the key, keys of heaven. But often we, we must wait 
we must endure. The purposes, there's a purpose in us waiting. One thing is to bring us to a greater intimacy with Jesus. We go through a season of waiting so that we see ourselves as not as legit, illegitimate children of God, but as legitimate children of God entrusted with so much, as joint heirs in Christ. I love how it's put in Romans 8, 14 through 17. You don't have to go there, but if you want to take a note, Romans 8, 14 through 17. I'm going to try to read it slowly so we can grasp, grasp this, this truth here. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, verse 16. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are children, we are his heir. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we, to share his glory, we must share in his suffering. The waiting period is so that we can cry out from the depths of our soul, Abba, Father. So that like James, can, like James did, we see ourselves as joint heirs in Christ, as legitimate children of God. We have the same bloods coursing through our veins. Therefore, we're not a slave of fear. Fear of what? Fear of obeying God, of taking on that weight of his glory. Jesus desires that we put him in his proper position in our lives, and we know for certain that he has us no matter what the circumstances are. As we wait, we must enter a greater intimacy. How do we, how do we enter a greater intimacy? We, we worship and we pray. Why do we go through a period of waiting? Why, do we, why does God bring us through a period where we must endure and wait on him for the next direction? Because he wants to bring us through a greater intimacy with him. He wants, also, he wants us to recognize his voice even when he whispers. Our souls are shaped in his tenderness. It's not always a loud, boisterous voice that we're looking for, but his, his, his soul shapes us even when he breathes on us. His tender whisper calms our soul and it calms the situation around us. His, whips, his whispers assures us that he has us no matter what. When I was um, a principal of school here in New Orleans and in New Jersey, I had teachers that struggled to manage their classroom. And some of us have two or three or maybe four children. So imagine having 30 children screaming in your, like, it's overwhelming, right? And I would tell these teachers, I would coach them on a certain technique. Um, when, when, you, when you have a class of 30 and they're loud and they're boisterous, it's, it can be so overwhelming that you just in this fight or fight mode and your instinct is to speak more loudly than them. But that doesn't work at all. So I would teach this technique is lower your voice, whisper. And as you're whispering, they lean in to listen for the next direction. So they will count, I would teach them this technique. They will count down five, four, 
three, two. The initial five is to get their attention. And the, as you lower your register, as you're counting down, it's, you draw, it draws them in. It calms the situation and also calms the teacher down as well. This reminds me of um, Elijah and 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. E- Elijah, if we may, may remember, Elijah was doing great work in chapter 18. And he was um, in Israel and he was throwing down on false god altars. And he was doing what God asked him to do. And he was really boisterous, an awesome man of God. And then he got to King Ahab, and he talked to King Ahab to a point where he almost brought him to a point of repentance. And then Ahab went and told his wife Jezebel, hey, this guy Elijah, and and Jezebel said, oh, no. And she sent out a messenger to threaten Elijah. And Elijah was so intimidated by by the threat that he ran to the wilderness, and he just said, God, this is too much. I can't endure. I, I Just take my life. Take this responsibility. And God said, I want you to go into the mouth of a mountain or the cave. And then the Bible describes it. It was a strong wind that blew, that was so strong it broke rocks. But then the Bible said God was not in the wind. Then there was an earthquake following the wind. Then the Bible says God was not in the earthquake. Then there was a, a fire. And then the Bible says God was not in the fire. But then there was a low whisper. And that's when Elijah, having spent time with God, having waited for God, in that whisper, in that moment, he heard God very clearly. And he let him know, hey, just because you're a child of God, it doesn't mean you won't, you won't encounter resistance. In fact, you are on the path. That's why you are encountering resistance. God's whisper silenced Elijah's complaining. And in the next whisper, obeying the whisper allowed him to obey the next step. We have to find God in the whisper. We have to be so connected with God that we recognize his voice even when he is whispering to us. That's why he has us wait so that we can recognize and obey his whisper so that we know that as a legitimate child of God, he desires to whisper to us. He desires that we endure. We, le- we are too legit to quit. We go through a period of waiting to grow in greater intimacy. And in that intimate relationship, we worship and we pray. We see ourselves as we are truly designed to see ourselves, which are a legitimate child of God. And with that intimate relationship, we recognize his whispers. In fact, we desire his whispers. This last point I want to make about waiting. Some of y'all waiting for this to be over. Waiting on Jesus brings us to a greater intimacy with him so that we fearlessly take on the weight of his glory and fulfill the purpose he he has for us when god whispers he leans closely more closely and we lean more closely in 
Think about when you converse with someone, there's usually about a three-foot distance between you and that person, correct? On some days, if that person forgot to put on deodorant or you forgot to put on deodorant, you can widen that distance. But in this country, it's usually about three, about three feet. But when do you break this invisible three-foot thick barrier? When you embrace them, when you shake their hand, kiss, hug, a sign of friendship, a sign of relationship. But when else did you break that three-foot barrier? When, they, when you whisper, when you want to share with something, when you want to share something with them that is intimate, that you only want them to know. You share with them because you know, you trust that they can bear the weight of that secret. You trust them because you guys have been through some things. You've spent time with each other. You've grown in intimacy. And you, I trust you, you trust me to bear that weight. We wait so God can develop us to bear the weight of his glory, to obey his whisper. It's time we find God in the whispers. He whispers to us to break the invisible barrier so that we encounter him in a different and new way. Don't be afraid to wait. Jesus is shaping you. He's developing you. He's giving you the confidence in him. He's bringing you to a place of maturity so that you can bear the weight. So that you can carry out his purposes. You grow in intimacy through worship and in prayer. And remember, we are too legit, too legitimate of children of God. Jesus' blood coursing through our veins. Too legit to quit. I'm, I'm done, but I don't want you to clap or stand. I just want us to, it's not about me. I'm just a humble vessel. I just want us to get comfortable allowing God to whisper to us. So if a uh, production team, if you can turn the lights to um, the blue or whatever setting it is that to evoke a worship setting. Just allow God to whisper to you. Just allow God to talk to you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't stopped talking to you. He's whispering so that you can lean in. Turn off all the noise. I'll stop talking. Just allow him to whisper to you.